Good morning. Um, we are going to be in Genesis chapter 23, which is conveniently on page 23. So if you'd like to turn to page 23 in the Red Bibles. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. He said, I am a foreigner and a stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so that I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down before the people of the land, the Hittites. He said to them, If you are willing to let me bury my dead, then listen to me and intercede with Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf, so that he will sell me the cave at Machpelah, which belongs to him and is at the end of his field. Ask him to sell it to me for the full price as a burial site among you. Ephron the Hittite was sitting among his people, and he replied to Abraham in the hearing of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of his city. No, my lord, he said, listen to me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of my people. Bury your dead. Again, Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in their hearing, Listen to me, if you will. I will pay the price of the field. Accept it from me so that I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, Listen to me, my lord. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver, but what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and weighed out for him the price he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weight current among the merchants. So Ephron's field in Machpelah became uh, near Mamre, both the field and the cave in it, and all the trees within the borders of the field, was legally made over to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. Afterwards, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which is at Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave in it were legally made over to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for reading that passage, Caitlin. Um, let's, uh, let's start off with a word of prayer. Yeah, Father God, thank you um, for the re- very, very personal reminder that death is not the end. Um, God, you are doing, you are eternal. And therefore, what you're doing and what you accomplish through um, our lives is also eternal. And so, God, um, we cling to that hope. Um, that hope has um, been proven in Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished on the cross. And that he rose from the dead, that you've conquered death. And that's just evidence for us to say, yeah, it's so much more than a life here. It it goes on. And um, thank you for that hope that we have this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Um, If I'm honest, I I, I don't know that I've been here really long enough um, to know um, Iris and the impact that she's had on some of your lives. Um, You know, I think it was getting towards the end, and I'd see her come in a couple mornings, and I, I know the blessing that she was to me in short exchanges with her amazing Irish accent, and um, just really loved and appreciated um, that woman. Um, so I don't know the impact that she's had on her lives, but I do know the impact that she has had as a citizen of heaven, right? A, a, an actual citizen uh, in 100% of the way we can understand it today. 
but the impacts that she did have as a believer have eternal value, and they go on beyond death here on earth. And so um, today, as we heard in the reading today, we're, we're talking about the death of Sarah today. Um, and in, in all honesty, we, the, this chapter doesn't actually spend that much time on the actual death uh, of Sarah, but we do see how her death started this domino effect for future generations uh, for the people of Israel and, and the promised land. So, um, yeah, so we are in the life of Abraham. If, if you're new here, we've been working through the life of Abraham, and we're getting to the later years of their lives. Um, and in these first few verses, we, we see Abraham mourn for her, right? They spent a long time together. Uh, they've experienced God in miraculous ways. Um, they've traveled. They've both had name changes. Um, they've doubted. They've loved. They've hated. They've seen God's promises answered. Um, and last week, um, we saw the story of him almost losing his son and God intervening again into um, uh, Abraham's life. And all these memories, I'm sure, were flooding Abraham as he mourned over her. It was a full life. And but Sarah's life is a life that we are still learning from in 2023. If that's not a testimony that life is not, death is not the end, like today, we here in the middle of Birmingham are, are getting this, yes, you heard it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Sarah is still impacting our lives as, we've, as we're learning through her and, and her life and her life with her husband. And so... Um, but the rest of this chapter is it's really this awkward, like, cultural exchange of a burial site and land. It's like Sarah dies, there's, there's, there's some mourning, and then it's this, this extensive, like, kind of strange exchange um, that, that, that we see here. Um, and, and this is all about claiming, right, outside and in. And we're, we're going to dig into that a little bit more and, and what that means. But we, we see a, a claim to land. We see a claim to things that, um, that Abraham's saying, no, I, I, I want to lay claim to this. Um, verse 3, it says, um, Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. Um, he said, I am a foreigner and stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site so I can bury my dead. So Abraham begins this interaction, this, 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 this process with admitting, look, I'm a foreigner here. I'm, I'm not from here, and I, and, and I acknowledge it, but I'm looking for something permanent as well. I'm a foreigner, but I'm looking for something permanent. And burial sites then served as a, a place not to just to bury one individual, kind of like we have today, but it, it was a generational burial site. They'd have a cave, and, they, and they was, there was a bed laid out, and they would lay the dead uh, upon this um, bed that was often carved out of stone within the cave, and they would just let the, the body decay. And when there were only bones left, they would, they would collect those bones and put them farther back in the cave, and it was available to another member of the family. So it wasn't just a, a one-time transaction. This is for one person. This is just for Sarah. This was saying, like, no, 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 like, I, 
This is something that, that I want for future generations. It's, gonna, it's supposed to be for more people to come, not just one and, and done. And so um, and, and one of the things that Abraham is doing here is that this transaction happens. It's in the promised land, right? That's pretty cool. Like there's this moment where, where here's a first official transaction. And, oh, by the way, this is the promised land. This is the first, like, laying claim to something that God has promised and saying, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm laying claim to this. And so this exchange happens back and forth. You know, I'll buy it. No, I'll give it to you. You're like a prince among us. No, like, I'll pay for it. No, like, no, it's okay. Like, any, it's okay. You, you can go ahead and take it. He's like, no, actually, I want to purchase this. And he's like, well, look, listen, it, it'd be like 400 shekels. That's a lot. And we're like, we're friends. Like, what is that between us? And then Abraham goes, okay, 400 shekels it is here, right? It's kind of a strange back and forth what's happening here. And he says, deal, I'll buy it. And Abraham's insistence on making this legal transaction, this official transaction, is really important. Um, burial, as I was saying before, is for generations. Um, uh, they would lay the body down, and, and then they'd keep the bones within the tomb for others as well. And, um, and he's like, I want this forever. And one of the things that's significant, one of the possibilities is when um, the Hittites were offering them burial sites is that this is just for Sarah. Please use one of our tombs because a tomb for them was kind of a temporary situation. So use it for her. You know, it's important. You're here. You're among us. We don't want you to go far away. We appreciate you. We value you. Like, go ahead and bury her. And he's, and he's like, no, I, I, I want to make sure that this, this lasts it could have very well been that later on they would have said, hey, you know what? We gave that for Sarah, but we're going to need that tomb back now. Sorry. Or if times got hard and financially they're like, I don't know what to do. Hey, you know what? We let Abraham borrow that spot, but we kind of need it back now. And so what Abraham did in this situation, he, he put a stamp, right? He had the deed written. You know, I, I don't know if someone who came along to fill out the deed for the tomb and the land and said, all right, what's your name? He's like, Abram. He starts, oh, I'm sorry, Abraham. Uh, I still mess up with that. And he's like, and then the guy erases it, and he's like, Abraham, this belongs to him, right? Um, but the majority of this chapter is about this transaction. And I think that I, one of the things that we take away from this is this idea of laying claim. He was a foreigner. We saw that. But he was still laying claim. And so we are kingdom people. We are kingdom people. If we belong to Christ, we are Christians, we are kingdom people, which means that we're not actually of this empire here on earth. We're kingdom people living as foreigners, right? We have different values. We have different worldview. Um, we have a different raison d'être. We have a different king. Our king is Jesus, right? And, and uh, Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our citizenship lies. It's, it's a kingdom citizenship. So we, like Abraham, we're foreigners here. But we as believers, we should be laying claim as well. In the same way that Abraham came and said, no, you know what? I'm going to claim this, and I'm going to make this official. And this is just not a borrowed thing. This is a serious thing. I want to lay claim to this. So the question is for us today, all right, are we supposed to go start claiming tombs? 
Like, is, like, okay, Rich, what are you actually talking about when you talk about laying claim, right? We need to open our eyes a little bit, please, this morning, all right? Um, I need you to look through spiritual lenses this morning, all right? We are body and soul, and oftentimes we ignore the soul aspect of our lives because we don't see that in the same way we see the physical realm. So this morning, I want you just to take a step back and go, yes, the spiritual realm and what we're talking about is just as significant this morning. So I want you to put on your spiritual lenses as we go through um, what are we laying claim to. Um, and there's two domains that we as Christians are going to highlight today that we need to claim. And the one, the first one that we're going to talk about is making claim to the exterior. Claim, um, we need to lay claim to the streets that we live on the floor of our apartment buildings or the parks or the places in which we do business or our shopping, our schools, um, the places that our children are going to school. Um, um, it could be our office. And if our office is a huge space, maybe it's the row of computers that you sit at with the other friends there. Um, um, it's your neighbors. It's the basketball courts. It's the soccer pitches. It's the public transportation that you use on a daily basis. It's your local coffee shop. Um, it could be places in other countries. Like all these places and are things that we need to be claiming for the kingdom. Okay? Next question, right? Okay, we, what was it? All those things and many more. Next question, right? All right, how do you do that? How are you going to start laying claim to these kind of things? When I was a kid, we played a game called bingo. And it wasn't bingo with the letters and the numbers. Um, you'd, you'd be walking down the street or driving a car, and you'd see a sweet car. And you'd be like, I bingo that car. That's mine. And then all your friends would be like, oh, I didn't see that car. And you're like, yeah, I know. That's mine now. And then or you pass a nice house. You'd be like, I bingo that house. And it was this game that we'd always play. And then you had to exchange. You could only bingo one house at a time. So you, you, anyway, so your other friends had a chance to bingo other things too, so you don't bingo all the cool cars on the street that day. So anyways, so that, that's not what I'm really talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about you're like, mm, I lay claim to that, bingo that street right there, bingo my office, bingo. Like that's not how this actually plays itself out, right? Let's, um, let's talk about street. I'm, it's going to be a practical morning. Are you guys okay with that? We're going to go through some practical things, so I want you to be thinking about your own situations and your own lives and your own context as we go through this. Um, laying a claim to our street, right? George and Bex, where are they this morning? I'm not going to invite you up. They're there. Yes, so George and Bex, they did a barbecue on their street, right? And they invited some of their neighbors on their street. They kind of live on a little cul-de-sac, right? Kind of ends. And they invited some neighbors. We're going to throw a barbecue together and invited their friends. <laughs> No, honestly, that's kingdom living. That's taking an opportunity to love their neighbors and say, here's an opportunity. We start laying claim when we start doing kingdom living. We're citizens of heaven. We're part of something different. We're, we're part of we're kingdom people. And when we live out our kingdom lives, that's when we start laying claim to areas. And people are aware that George and Bex, they live on that street. And George and Bex, you know what? They're pretty nice people, and they love others well, and they're willing to help and serve um, uh, th their neighbors. George had this massive tree that was going nuts, and George asked his neighbor, hey, can, can we trim this? Can, and, and George spent hours with this itty-bitty saw. Like, cut, he literally cut down an entire tree with this, like, did you find it at, like, Poundland? I, it, it wasn't, 
it was, it was not the saw that you used to cut down a, a, a tree with. But you know what? People saw him, like, as he's cutting down this tree, people are driving by, like, wow, he's doing that. And it's actually on both their, their properties. Like, George is a guy who's, who's, who's loving his neighbors and caring for the area, um, right? Love thy neighbor as thyself is that, uh, Matthew 22, right? Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's loving people. It's blessing them. And this is how we can claim our streets, right? In verse 5 of Genesis 23, it says, The Hittites replied to Abraham, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us, buried dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will refuse his tomb for burying your dead. Like, Abraham was clearly a blessing to the people that he was with. He wasn't, he was a foreigner, but clearly if that was the response that he got, he was being an enormous blessing to them. And you can tell by the exchange that happens in verse 5. Um, I've had this idea that's been bouncing around in my head. Like, imagine we as a church, we get some T-shirts that say the Gate Church. And we go out into the communities in the streets, and we just pick up trash. Sounds fun, right? You guys are, you guys are like, well, I'm not so sure. But imagine this, right? Picture it with me a little bit. You're walking through the streets, the Gate Church. You're walking through. You're picking up garbage. You're showing humility. You're showing care for the community. You're saying this is our area. This is our territory. And people that are walking by are saying, hey, all those people are wearing the Gate Church T-shirts. And you don't even have to have a conversation with them, but they realize, well, there's a church here in this community, and they're investing in it, and they're caring for our community, and maybe that's going to start some conversations as well. But even without saying a word, you're communicating kingdom mindset and kingdom actions through your lives, and people can look at that and say, what's going on? They're here somewhere. They're, they're present. They're involved. They're engaged in this community. They're caring for, for a place that, that I live. That's, that is making claim to the streets. That is, is claiming areas. Um, um, you guys want another idea? I got another one. All right, I got another idea, right? Lay claim to your, uh, your apartment floor, right? You, you walk out of your apartment floor. If you live in a flat, you got a whole bunch of doors. How can you love those neighbors? What happens when you cross paths with them? Do they know your name? That introducing yourself politely has opened so many doors for me. Just saying, you know what? We've crossed paths for the last two years. I'm sorry. I've actually never introduced myself. Hi, my name is Rich. I'm, I'm in this store right here. And, and, you, and it starts building a, 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 a this, is, this is my hallway. And, and these neighbors, these are neighbors that I want to love. And, oh, someone, you hear someone's working on a project. Hey, I have some spare time or I got some spare tools that I can borrow you. Like, that's claiming a hallway of your apartment or your flat. Um, the parks, the parks um, down between um, the apartment buildings, like, before COVID, you guys had a huge, like, the gate picnic park outreach bonanza, right? You had this park life. Thank you. Park life. And it, and it, it <laughs> bonanza, bonanza. We can, you, we can change the name if you want. Um, but, but all the apartments surrounding were looking down and saying, oh, who's down there? And they see some banners that say the gate church. Oh, it's the gate church. Oh, and they're caring for our kids and they're giving us food. And like, this is, this is laying claim to that park. Oh, this is a space that the gate church uses. Those are different people. They're, 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 they live differently. They're, they're loving their community differently. Uh, um, um, holiday outreach, right? 
It's an opportunity where we're inviting kids from the neighborhood and saying, hey, come in. We'll care for your kids. We'll feed your kids. Oh, and by the way, at the end of the holiday outreach, we're going to feed the parents too. So come and engage with us. See how we're different. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about our community. Let's talk about God. Let's hear the things that your kids have been listening to. Like, these are all ways that we are going to be, we can lay claim to these areas. Um, um, prayer walks, have, how many of you have been on a prayer walk? Like, I'm just curious. Okay, prayer walks are, and this is a quote, and I probably said this in a sermon before, or individual, but if we were aware of what prayer does in the spiritual realm, we would never cease to pray. That's not my quote, that's one I heard, I don't know who it is, but it's this idea, if we were actually aware of what was going on in the spiritual realm, we'd be praying all the time. And so when you think about prayer walks and laying claim exterior-wise, like, you can, make, you can make a circle around your block and, and pray into that in the same way people walked, God's people walked around the city of Jericho. They, they surrounded it and they walked it and they were praying. And, they, and like, Can you imagine? Like, the power of prayer is so much more significant than we give it credit to. Can I, can I be honest? And I'm talking to myself in this as well. I should, my prayer life is not where it should be. And there's moments that I'm like, oh, man, I need, I need to do this more. So, like, prayer walks, maybe that's something that we as a church can start doing. Maybe if you guys live in, together in, a, in an area, maybe you guys get together and say, hey, let's, let's create an area, a circle that we're going to do a prayer walk once every two weeks, once a month, something. But a way to invest in saying, I'm going to lay claim to this area because I'm a kingdom person, and I want to invest in the spiritual impact that's happening here. And, and we as elders do this once a week in the early hours of the morning, and, and we pray for the things that are happening behind closed doors, and we're praying for members of the church, and we're praying that people, we'd come, people would come to know Christ, and that we'd be a good enough presence that we, they would see us and engage with us. Like, it, it, it's so powerful, and so we have to be saying we need to be laying claim, because if we sit on our hands, that claiming God's going to have to use someone else. And how unfortunate is that when we're the gate church situated in this community that we would have to have other people coming in from the outside and doing that. Um, so, um, prayer. Um, there's, I, have, I have so many ideas. <laughs> I have so many ideas. Um, what about um, lives? Let's talk about lives. And let's talk about sharing the gospel. When, we're, when we share the gospel with someone, we're giving Jesus... Christ the opportunity to say, yes, this is my child. And, and that's, laying, that's kingdom building, right? That's long-term, eternal impact. Just the fact of sharing the gospel. If you guys don't know, like, I don't know how to share the gospel, come talk to me afterwards. I'd be glad to tell you and give you a really easy way to be able to share the gospel through some verses or through your own story. Just share your story and who God is for you. Um, our children laying claim to the lives of our children and saying, we want to raise them to know Christ. We want to give them opportunities to see kingdom life being worked out in our own lives so that as they're watching us, they say, oh, this is, my parents are Christians and, and they're watching and they're observing and, oh, this is how they reacted in this situation. And I see them praying and I see them spending time in the word. Like, we're, I had a conversation with Luke um, the other day and, and for Rachel and I, our desire is that our ceiling our, our faith ceiling would be the floor for our children and where they get to begin from. Like, where we go in life is the starting point for our children. And, 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 and that doesn't happen just for our own specific children, but that can happen for the other children in this church that are watching you, that are observing you, 
that are interacting with you guys as well. Um, other countries, oh my gracious, you guys want to claim, claim territory that's far away from us? Missions. Missions, oh my gracious. A focus on missions, a support of missions, prayer for missions, our awareness of missions um, in places that we're not, right? This happens through the lives uh, of people like the Boblitz, who I'm, we're so glad you're here today. This is so timely. Um, um, wh- how do you, what are you doing about missions? How, are you aware of what's going on? You can lay claim by investing into missions overseas. Um, there's other missionaries here as well. There's the pilgrims in Belgium. There's Vlad and his family in Romania. If you don't know about them, ask. There's some, there's some uh, cards in the back that kind of give a brief, brief explanation of the missionaries. Those are opportunities to lay claim, lay claim, lay claim, just as Abraham was laying claim as well. All right, is that enough ideas for you for right now? Does everybody have, well, I, I, everyone should be able to say, I can do one of those things, right? All right, so um, the second area that we need to lay claim to is, oh, how, nope. Uh, claim, claim, claim what's on the inside. Claiming what's in the inside for God's kingdom. What's on the interior, right? Last week, um, we saw the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? There was an opportunity where Abraham allowed God to lay claim to the things that were most dear to his heart, his son. His son in which he thought all the promises that God had made to him were going to supposed to come through. So it wasn't just the life of his son, but it was also the promises that God made to him. And, and, and so that's a fantastic chapter that we, we were able to spend time in last week where we get to see Abraham's like, yeah, here, here's my heart, right? Luke, Luke 10 um, 27, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and mind. That's, that's a second place. So we want to lay claim, things on the exterior, our streets, our neighborhoods, etc., our, our workplaces, but then we also want to make sure that God's laying claim to every, everything inside of our own lives. Um, and if I'm honest, sometimes that's harder. That that sometimes giving God claim to everything in here is harder than going out and laying claim to things on the outside. Um, what domains don't belong to God yet? What domains have you said, no, you know what, I'm going to actually keep this for myself. I don't want this part of my life, not for the kingdom. I don't know how that's going to look if I give it to the kingdom. I, lo- I like the control that I have over this area, so... I'm going to hang on to it. Is it, it. Maybe it's relationships or finances or your work situation or it could be eating or addictions or, or lies that you're believing about yourself. You might insistently hang on to a lie that you believe about yourself and say, yeah, I don't know what happens if I let go of this. I'm going to hang on to this. Um, lies like why, um, you have little value or no one appreciates you or no one understands you or, you, or you, a lie that you'd be like, I can't break this addiction and never will or the stress and anxiety, depression, your physical health and mental health, like all of these things. These are things that we need to pray into and hold all of these things open-handed and say, God, I, I want you to claim this, all of it and it, in its messiness and its... I can't control it. I don't, I don't get it. But I, I want to open this up to you open-handedly. God, do something with this. I want you to lay claim to my whole heart and my whole life. I want to trust you with them. And this might be a daily thing that you need to do. It might be, a, you know what, God, I'm going to give this to you again. Or maybe it's an hourly thing. God, I need to give you this again. 
And, and so then what does it look like? God, I want you, I want you to take this relationship, and, and, and it could be a family member or, or a romantic relationship or it could be with a coworker. But God, you know what? I want you to be in control. I want the kingdom to be played out in this relationship. Um, in, in my finances, God, I don't trust you as much as I should with my finances. Like, I know there's things that you ask me to do in, in, in tithing and giving to the church, but if I do that, then I'm going to fall short. Like, what does that look like? How does that play itself out it, through your finances? You know what, God? I'm just going to open this up, and I'm going to let you do what you do. Um, whether it's uh, addictions, God, I, I've been trying so long to fight this addiction, and I'm tired, and it's been failure after failure after failure. I don't, opening up and saying, God, do something. I want you to have this area of my life as well. Um, <laughs> my physical illnesses, God, I have this physical illness, and I know you have the capacity to be able to heal me in this moment. But whatever you want to do, God, I want to give that up to you completely. Just use it however you need to use it. Um, mental health as well. God, what do you want to do? It's, it's just taking the opportunity to say, God, I want you to lay claim to every aspect of my life. It's so significant. And what I'm not saying, okay, what I'm not saying is that giving all of these different aspects over to God is going to make them disappear or go away. Yes, some of them, certainly, God can come in and do a miraculous work, and we can see incredible change in some of those things. But in others, it's allowing God to take those situations that are hard, and letting him use them for his glory. It's allowing him to use those as a testimony to others to be able to see him in the midst of that. And it's laying claim for the kingdom, even in the midst of hardship and of pain and of suffering and of confusion. And it's saying, I claim this area of my life. I give it to God. Fill me with truth. Just take it all. Take it and use it. Some of the ways that we can do that, simple ways, is through worship in all those different areas of our lives, through prayer, giving it up to God, spending time in the Word, His truth. This is how He speaks to us in the clearest manner that we could. There's no way for our own thoughts to get in the way and be like, oh, it says this, but I think it's, it's here. It's written down. This is as clear as it gets um, and the church body taking that and saying, hey, I have this church body of people that care and love the Lord as well. How can I take some of these to other people so they can pour into me and they can encourage me and they can walk with me and they can push me and sometimes they can, they can sh give me a good shake and say, what in the world are you doing? Like, we're about kingdom living and this is not a kingdom area. Like, that's what we need and that's the purpose of the church as well. So we need to claim, like claim exterior, right? Our streets, the places that we go, our workplaces, the cafes that we go to. How are we doing kingdom living there? Um, and then go on a little bit further. And what about inside? Is God, has he had claim to all the different areas of our lives as well? My last point for this morning is that um, if, if it's not claimed for Jesus, it's being claimed or is already claimed for the enemy. If we're not actively going out and laying claim to these areas of our life, the honest truth is the enemy is going to be laying claim to these different areas, right? First um, Peter 5.8 says this. Um, it's 1,220, if you want to turn there. Otherwise, I'll, I'll read it. Um, five, first Peter 5.8 and 9. 
It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's active, guys. He's not sitting back. He's active. Resist him, standing firm in faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. What Satan is in the process of doing is worldwide, it's global, and we need to stand firm in faith. We're not, you can't sit back. If we're not laying claim, Satan's taking ground. And that's not what we want to see happening, right? We cannot sit back and be okay with that. We can't let Satan claim areas of our lives, right? That's included, right? Areas of our own hearts, our lives, and our community, right? Um, I, there's, I think, uh, through different observations, that there could be a brothel going up between Johnny Richards' house and Bo's house. Like, there's, there's claim being, claims being made in our community that we can't just be like, oh, okay. That's, that's sad, isn't it? We've got to start engaging and praying. That's a great place to start doing prayer walks, isn't it? That's a great place to start praying over. It's a great place to, to bring awareness to. It's a great place to, if you see people around in that spot, in that corner, let's show them kingdom love. Let's show them something that maybe they've never experienced before. Let's take these opportunities. There are things happening behind closed doors and streets and apartments that are not okay. And we need to be praying into these situations. We need to be showing love to those that don't feel like they deserve it. And with every act of kingdom living we make, we're laying claim to the kingdom people for Jesus. And he's going to start transforming our lives and our community through that. If, If the gate church disappears tomorrow, tomorrow everything shuts down. No more gate church. We want our kingdom claims to remain, and they can. Changed lives continue to be a light. Kingdom cultures that have been established in the area continue to have impacts on our parks and our streets and our community. After Abraham passed, um, this land was still the promised land. He's gonna, he passed away in the next upcoming chapters. It didn't change what had happened because he laid claim. That was a kingdom purchase. That was a kingdom claiming. Um, it remained kingdom land. And our laying claim goes beyond our short lives. The areas that we lay claim for God goes beyond our short lives. It's an investment into the future generations that begins by our laying claim for the sake of the kingdom of Jesus Christ today, right? That's where this all ends up. Um, I just want to leave you guys with an image. Um, I really like um, this. This is actually a picture taken from uh, the office apartments. Some of you are smiling because you know what I'm talking about. Do you notice anything special about this other than that's the Hyatt Regency? It's, it is a mirror, but that's not the special point. But thanks. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to zoom in. All right, now do you notice anything different? I zoomed in a little bit. I zoom in more. Does that help you? Do you see that? That little splash of, it's actually green. It's a plant. Do you see where it is now? Do you see where that plant is situated? All right. This morning, I want to say something to you. 
we'll go back here. <laughs> Just because maybe this, ident- this morning you've identified areas to lay claim doesn't mean it's going to be an easy task. Maybe there's things in your mind that you go, okay, yeah, I need to lay claim, but it's not the bingo. That's not how this works. Like, there's a battle that's going to be happening around this, and it's not necessarily going to be easy. There may be rejection. There will be rejection, pushback. Um, you may face failures, especially when you're talking about the things inside, um, when trying to lay claim on hard grounds. And when the hard ground is won, the fruit that comes from that is so amazing. When hard ground is fought and won and claimed for the kingdom, oh man, it's a really, really sweet thing. And so imagine us going out and planting seeds, you know, kingdom seeds everywhere, and you looked up on the top of this building and you go, wow, I want to plant something up there. Well, good luck with that. Like, what are the, like, what are the chances? One, that you're going to get up there, and two, that anything's actually going to grow. There's parts of our lives and people and relationships and areas where we go, that's impossible. That's not possible. But it doesn't mean it's not worth it because you know what was going to happen with this plant when that plant flowers and gets some seeds and that plant releases those seeds. Look at the height it's releasing those seeds from. It's going across the city, isn't it? It's, it and that is a hard-won terrain for that plant. But the impacts of that is exponential and how it can go out across the city of Birmingham. I'd, I'd really love to meet one of those plants' relatives someday and be like, oh, what do you do in my backyard? Oh, right? And, and, and think of that in, in the lives of people, right? Think about that hard-won ground or those situations where you're like, no, God, that's not possible. God does all things and works in all hearts and calls people to him. So I just want to encourage you in that, that ground of claiming, the idea of claiming interior and exterior, yes, it's hard, but oh, it is so worth it. It is so well worth it. Can we pray together? All right. Father God, thank you for this morning, and, and thank you for this opportunity to um, be reminded um, of, of the significance of laying claim. Thank you for Abraham, how, how um, he said, no, I, I want this to be official. I want this to be complete. Um, uh, I, I want this to last generations. God, help us to have that same mentality. Help us to look and say, no, I want this to last generations as we plant seeds, as we build your kingdom here through um, our lives, through kingdom, through kingdom living, showing people what it means to love you and what it means to serve humbly and, and what it means to, to care for the least of these. But we need help because we know the battle is real and significant. And so, God, I pray for inspiration and courage. I think of Joshua 1.9, be not afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And, God, uh, may we remember that as, as we push forward, laying claim in our own hearts and in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.